Okay, welcome everybody to the Play to the Whistle podcast. We're here today with Kieran. I've got another guest um, on the show. Um, before I introduce him, just a reminder that you can um, follow us on Twitter. Um, so that's at PTTW podcast. Um, we're also on Instagram under the same handle. And we're also going to start to upload content onto YouTube, which will be um, some of our previews and some of the interviews that we have with guests as well. But without further ado, um, delighted to, to welcome on um, uh, Jordan McCann, who um, has had quite a, a you know quite an interesting uh, career. Um, so just just a little bit about him, and obviously we'll, we'll find out a bit more in a moment. But um, obviously on the sporting side is what Luton um, for a number of years. I think it's about eight or nine years uh, in total under various different roles, um, and then currently the Lincoln Academy manager. Alongside that, he's put together um, some uh, academic studies as well. So studied at, at Loughborough Uni and also Middlesex Uni. So welcome to the show, Jordan. Delighted to have you on. Yeah, good morning, Kieran. Many, uh, many thanks for having us. It's uh, yeah, my pleasure to, to be able to join you. Brilliant. Um, when I was kind of looking through and, and, and sort of doing a bit of the research, and obviously I've, um, we, um, I've had you on, on LinkedIn as well, Really intrigued about um, a lot of the um, sort of bits that, that you've done. And I guess I, I wanted to maybe just get you to, to tell us a little bit about um, your kind of career journey. Like what I, I think I think one of the bits I'd listened to before, um, it was just sports and, and football in particular has been something you've been interested in. But what 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 makes you so passionate about football and particularly about maybe some of the roles that you have done in the past and are doing that in the moment? Yeah, sure. I think um, much like we were speaking around, Kieran, um, just just prior to, um, to to coming on, I, I love playing football as a, a as a young man and and wanted to uh, yeah wanted to be a player. Unfortunately, I wasn't very good, so that's always a stumbling block, isn't it? When uh, yeah, maybe your your dreams and aspirations and your actual performance don't don't quite align. So um, <laughs> I, I worked hard at, at school. I had some some fantastic coaches in in when I was a, a young player um, and stayed on um, at a school in in Hertfordshire that I was I was really fortunate to to join and, and did some A-levels and uh, when I realised that it wasn't going to be playing for for me I started turning my hand into coaching at, at a young age um, when I was when I was studying post GCSE 16 to 18 um, and then subsequently went to to Loughborough University to study sport mm. and exercise science so um, initially when I was when I started at Loughborough and I wanted to be a PE teacher I had a, a passion for coaching okay. and education Mm. Um, and then I suppose as as happens with uh, a lot of things in in life I was really fortunate post my my time at Loughborough to get a role at Luton through one of my previous previous coaches um, mm. and to go in and spend some time um, working with working with him at, at Luton and um, that that coincided with the I suppose a kind of change of of structure within academies EPPP was was around the corner um, and then I got a, a full-time role pretty pretty quickly just after I come out mm. of university so that was um yeah a lot of a lot of cards that that fell in fell in my favor and then worked with some some outstanding people where I was fortunate to be able to learn and grow and develop at a football club that that has a real um a real strategic drive to produce young players mm. um which has helped me yeah get to get get to the current point in in time where I'm fortunate enough to be in post as academy manager at Lincoln City again another football club we've got a real a real strategic aim now to mm -hmm. to have a productive academy and and you know produce young players to go on not just to the first team but beyond and and to 
you know, to different vocations in, in life. So that's a, a brief summary, brief snapshot, I suppose, of um, how I've got to where I am today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm certainly feeling um, the kind of, you know, I think, you know, when you play as a kid in your head, you're like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like in my time, R9 and Burkamp and all the sort of players that I enjoyed watching the Cantoners and everything. But then obviously there, there comes a realisation, I think, for many um, young boys and girls as well, where you're thinking actually, I'm great in my head, but on the pitch, probably other people don't see what I see. And, and obviously you kind of follow that through. And yeah, I mean, it, it sounds um, it sounds like you just followed a path, like you were thinking, like you said, about being a PE teacher. But then after that, opportunities arose. And I think that's the, the, the a really good thing about doing um, uh, what we call it higher education, so studying at unis, is that you never know what opportunities come your way. And it sounds like you, I know you mentioned maybe being a bit lucky, but it sounds like you've just you've grabbed those chances and just really gone for it. Yeah, I think the um, the point, Kieran, around higher education is really, really pertinent in that um, if you can keep broadening your horizons and as an individual, you've got a, a genuine desire to keep developing and keep improving, mm-hmm. then that, that can open up doors doors for you if you're if you're willing to keep getting outside your comfort zone and, and develop your own skill set. So um, I, I would absolutely concur with with that point, um, with that point there. And then, yeah, look, maybe you need some some luck combined with that that hard work along the way to to get mm. them opportunities. Uh, but but certainly, if if we look at coaching now and and youth development in particular, having an understanding of some of the theoretical kind yeah. of frameworks and concepts that underpin the ways of working, uh, you know, understanding of teaching, understanding of learning, understanding of children, um, and how they develop at different stages mm. is, of course. Um, of benefit when you're when you're working with young people day in day out yeah i, I, t- I totally agree it's um i know it's a conversation i've had sort of broadly also out of uh sport but but within as well and there, there is something obviously about if you've sort of played to a particular level you've been around certain circles um, particular environments of course that experience is going to be crucial but i think actually quite often people who um you know for myself and i think if you've actually studied the art of coaching teaching and learning how to deliver that information well whether you're a uh, ex-professional or not i think actually that is worth its weight in gold not that not the, the the essential thing but i think actually extremely important because it's about how you convey that message isn't it how you um synthesize some information that you want to get across and make sure you deliver it in a way that um, you know, other people, particularly youngsters, can can understand. So I'm definitely, um, definitely with you on that one. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And Kieran, I suppose I've been fortunate enough to work with some people who have had really extensive playing careers um, mm. in, in coaching. Who absolutely, there is that advantage of vicarious experience, and you know, them mm-hmm. having seen um, loads of different pictures or been part of many different environments as players. And of mm. course, it would be remiss of us to to think that that doesn't have an advantage because n- no doubt that that it does. Um, but but also, I think yeah, there there is the realization, and you'll be you'll be far more versed in this than than I will. <laughs> so I, I feel um, a little bit coy talking about this. But you know, when you're working with with young people, and certainly in the field that you do, it's about empathy, it's about engagement, it's about understanding yeah. people from their perspective, and and being able to connect and and impart some influence on. Them. So. The, the skill sets that underpin that and, and having a genuine um, a genuine relationship and then being able to develop that person maybe doesn't always come from from having a career in, in playing and can come from mm. a, a broader understanding of, of yourself and, and self-awareness and, and also 
um, some of them some of them key into personal concepts that, that we've mentioned that we've mentioned there. But like I said, I'm sure you know uh, you'll know that far better than I in, in your role. So. <laughs> yeah, I think I think maybe on a, on a general basis, but I, th- I think I think one thing I do admire about um, coaches I sort of dabbled in it a little bit, but I think one thing I, I do admire is that ability to really um, uh, sort of apply the knowledge, if that makes sense, in that context. I think that is one thing that I, I did um, struggle with at, at times. Um, so I'm always quite appreciative and, and, and got a lot of respect for that as well. I've, I've got to ask about Luton, because um, obviously you were there for a long, long time um, through lots of, you know, uh, having looked at um, your kind of career, there's a lot of development, it looks like, that you've had there. And I also um, went back and I looked through historically um, players that, that had started there. Um, so a few sort of names that come up, Will, I think Wilshere started there, Hartson, Curtis Davis, I think, was there for a little bit um, as well. But then obviously in the kind of period that you, you would have probably been around um there, there's a the production line i never really associated that with luton um but can you tell us a little bit about your, your time there that the roles that you had there um like how, how that was for you yeah absolutely um so when I first started there Kieran as we, we mentioned earlier I had a bit of a, a dual role I was coaching the under 11s um academy group and also during the day was picking up some of the the sports science mm. and, and physical development related work that I'd, I'd just um, acquired some academic knowledge of from my, my time at Loughborough. So it was a, a dual role of, of day work doing physical development mm. and then and then evening work, um, some coaching with the academy, with the academy groups. And, and that then changed when EPPP came into came into four and there was more full time coaching roles. I, I took the role of youth development phase lead coach. So overseeing the 12s to, to 16 section of the academy. Um, pretty quickly after that mm. so that was my first full-time full-time coaching role and probably where um, my my academic background um, I felt really gave me some knowledge around things like um, growth adolescent development you know both physically psychologically that enabled me to to really try and understand a little bit more about young people um, not not just the the football and, and the surface level stuff so um, that that was a fantastic role for for me where I, I was learning and developing every day with you know some some fantastic people and in an outstanding environment who had you know many many years of experience of of coaching um so so that was just a, a great place for me to be as a as a young coach um and then when the uh, the head of coaching roles came came into four as mandatory positions um I, I moved into post there to to start i suppose my first my first taste of trying to help other coaches develop um and using some of the the knowledge and experience I'd I'd gained, but yeah. but still, you know, I, I felt I was probably learning more from them every day than I was helping them with. So, again, from a, a selfish perspective, it was a yeah a, one a, a really good role for me to, mm. to turn my hand into into doing that, but also to continue my own personal development um, along the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I'm, I'm going to ask you a bit later about um, sort of the people that you've learned um, a bit more from. Maybe, maybe once you've spoken about about your current role as well. But it seems as if it, like you say, is is a bit of both. It's about sharing and implementing that that kind of knowledge, um, working working with the youngsters. I think development is the, the big word. Um, you know, when when I've spoken to sort of other people kind of involved, it's. It's not just about the, um, the, you know, the kind of the, the winning and, and, and the trophies. It is about actually, and I think you talked about this before, um, but 
how many players you can get in into that first team that you know that's where your success is because if you're doing that anyway you're gonna you know you're gonna have the, the success but also the other side you know working working with people you thought wow mate you know I've seen you around or I've heard your name or I used to watch you play on you know the big match or or you know or whatever it is so um yeah I've, I've I, I mean I can I can imagine I, I think given like I said some of the names that seem to have come out of um the uh obviously the youth setup uh, you know it sounds like actually Luton is a such a great um experience for that can I ask um what do you have much contact with the the first team at all I don't know if that's like quite infrequent or if that's like a you know day-to-day thing yeah so I suppose to um if I reflect back, Kieran, on my my time at, at Luton, um, mm. a, a, absolutely, there were um, the, the first part of the the question there some um, numerous young players who managed to to make that step and and start to transition into into the first team and and, mm. and senior senior football was a consequence of yeah, there being an outstanding team of staff at the football club at, at the time and and a you know a really comprehensive structure in place. So um, yeah. I suppose that. The dialogue with the first team would would always be slightly different depending on the manager mm. and who was in who was in post at the time. Um, and look, we of course, when we work in youth development, know that 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 is quite a transient role at most clubs, where mm. you know the the manager doesn't tend to be in post for five, six, seven years. It, it can be you know it's mm. generally eighteen months to two years. Sometimes it can can be even shorter. So um, the dialogue with with the first team would would change depending on who that individual was. But okay. we again we we were fortunate that. We had some some excellent managers in in post at, at Luton, and um, during the time I was there, the club went from from being back in the in the National League after their um mm-hmm. their, their fall from grace, unfortunately, in in 2010 to to where they are now in in the Championship and doing really really well. So that was that was of course pleasing to mm-hmm. pleasing to see. But I think the the key thing mm-hmm. from our perspective in the academy was that always we had really good dialogue with with the manager with the first team, but the club structure helps that. Um, so again, Luton. You know, outstanding individual in post, a CEO who would oversee the the strategic development of of the club in in Gary Sweet and make sure that you know the the structures were there in place that there was longevity and the academy players would would get a chance. And then you know some some outstanding coaches certainly towards the latter end of my time with with Nathan, who's now back at the football club, Nathan Jones, and you know Nathan mm. giving chances to to young players to train and be involved regularly with. With the first team, uh, boys like James Justin, obviously, who have since gone on to, yeah. to to Leicester City and and done really really well. So establishing that dialogue, I think, is really key to make sure that boys get the the right opportunities when when the mm. time is right. But also making sure that the structures at the club are uh, are in place, knowing that that role, you know, that the manager's role can change on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah. I think you, you mentioned James Justin. He's um... He's someone that I've obviously noticed. I think particularly in the last twelve months, he's he's really come along. I, I think um, picked up an injury recently, so I haven't I haven't seen him um, as as much. But he's yeah, he I mean he's an excellent player. But yeah, it's 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 really interesting, like you say, with um, speaking to someone else about the longevity of a manager, and you're not going to get like a you know like a Fergie or or a Wenger type situation more recently I guess you're looking at maybe your Klopp's and and maybe Pep's been been at, been at City for a while and even at low divisions trying to, I'm trying to think I think um there have been a couple of cases where managers have been there for a while but it's quite rare like you said so um that 
that that is that is obviously something that I'm, I'm sure is, needs to be sort of held in mind. But the impression I get both at, at, with Luton, but also with um, where you are now, Lincoln, is that there is a an actual structure. So there is a plan. So that if any roles change or let's say any staffing changes, it's not going to massively disrupt the, the the system. Is am I right in thinking that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so at Lincoln, Kieran, now we have a director of football. Um, mm. A gentleman called called Jez George, who mm. effectively oversees all of the football operations at, at the club. So Je- Jez's role is not only to work very closely with the first team on a day to day basis, but also mm. with the continued development of the academy and, and the wider club structures um, mm. to make sure that, that there's always a long term vision, there's always a long term strategy, um, and there's always a, a philosophy that the club want to adhere to. Mm. So that ultimately, every time there's a there's a change in the manager. It's not like scrap everything, throw it away, and, and we're starting again, which can be yeah. c- can be difficult, certainly for the boys towards the top end of the academy. If the way that you want to play, or you know, mm. the the shape that you want to play is is changing, you know, on a, on a regular basis. Um, but I think here that the uniqueness about about Lincoln is that um, that the club have a not not only have a structure but a way of working where the the first team manager's role won't be transient, which is a, mm. a fantastic place to to work and um, mm. being really um, cognizant of the the manager's role. He's an outstanding coach and an outstanding developer. And I, I know from speaking to the senior officials that that formed a, a big part of the club's decision to appoint Michael Appleton in, into yeah. role. Um, and, and when you're working in, in an academy, having a manager like Michael is just a dream because you can learn off him when, when you're out with him watching him coach. You can learn with him when you're, you're sitting and talking in a in a formal meeting or, or informally um, yeah. and he, he gets it, you know, he gets it. He's been part of academy structures and it, he's been part of coaching teams at the highest level. So Michael's range mm-hmm. of experiences is, is great for our staff to be able to, to glean a, a bit of an insight into, uh, into his skill set, which is, uh, yeah, it's, it's fantastic for us to, to see and, and learn from him. So. Yeah, because I know obviously I know um, uh, Michael Appleton. He, you know, I think it's quite important knowing the sort of leagues under the under the Prem as well. Because I think sometimes you maybe bring someone in doesn't really understand the structure and, and things like that. It doesn't always work. Probably more often than not, it won't. But um, obviously, with with Michael, he's 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 been around. I think you know he knows the drill, and it sounds like actually it's a, it's quite a nice fit, a good structure in place. Um, just. Jez George, I think he was at um, Cambridge in the nineties. Is that is that right? I don't know. Yes, spot on, spot on, Kieran. So yeah. Jez, um, Jez spent a, a significant period of time at, at Cambridge United in, yeah. in in a variety of roles. So academy manager, first team manager, chief exec. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, Jez has, yeah, he's, he's seen and done it all as, as Jez. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean it must be amazing to work with him, and and obviously with, with Michael Apperton when that name comes up because uh, I'm, a, I'm a big Man United fan that that's what I remember because I know obviously he's part of that that setup I think I want to say he was around the class of 92-ish like, in that kind of period do you, do you think that helps that obviously he's been he's obviously been exposed that even as a player I know he's, his career was cut short and uh, sadly but as as a player do you think it helps that he's he's seen that like I know, I know you kind of touched on it before but there's what what does that mean, I guess, in terms of your role and maybe how he how he kind of um, sort of interacts with you? Yeah, look, d- definitely. So Michael was, I believe Michael was a year older. I might have got that wrong. He'll be very mm. annoyed if he was a year younger, but he was one <laughs> year on either side of the class of 92. So yeah, yeah look, Michael evidently had a, you know, was a, 
a really high end player when when he was yeah, um, when he yeah. was in his his teens. Unfortunately, cut short by you know his playing career cut short by injury in, in his mm. early twenties, and he was no doubt a you know a beneficiary of of the environment that he he was brought up in at Manchester United. But if we I suppose if we go back to the early bit, one thing that really impresses and my admiration for Michael is he's done the he's done all the other stuff you know all the other learning yeah. about coaching and teaching and um, you can get into some real depth of conversation with with him and you know he's forgotten more about football and coaching than than, than I'll probably ever know so when you get the the chance to to sit down and pick his brains then mm. of course that's um that that's great learning um both personally and 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 for us you know as a, as a staff team at the academy but yeah mm. a, you know real high-end individual with a, with an outstanding skill set so yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think it, it obviously, I'm not, not sure when the episode will come out, but as things stand, actually, Lincoln are doing extremely well um, in the league. They're not, I don't think they're necessarily a team that people think about in terms of um, sort of top, you know, around the top end of League One, maybe pushing for championship. Um, you know, it, I think it's a testament to, to obviously the, the, the kind of plan that that sounds like it's in place all the sort of structures that, that you've kind of mentioned the director of football it seems it seems like lincoln city the setup is um they're kind of a bit more in line with the kind of modern day and thinking about that kind of i don't know the two three five year plans let's say um what what is it like to be involved with a with a team that you know when when things are going well yeah i think that's that's fair to say that the um the season's been positive so far. Of course, there's there's still some way to go. So mm. um, we'll, um, I'm sure Michael and the yeah again the the chief exec and Jez will will reflect back at the end of that and, yeah. and see um, whether it finished off in a positive way. But ho- hopefully that that is the case. Um, yeah, the, the structure here is 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 fantastic. From you know the 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 owner who we have some some regular dialogue. The CEO, director of football. There, there's mm. a structure in place that, in my humble opinion, sets the club up for for success. So then mm. that's of course brilliant to to be a part of where there's one vision one you know st- there's strategic alignment across all parts of the football club that you can yeah. be a you can be a part of um, yeah. without any kind of you know detachment or working in silos which can you know ca- can cause some issues for the progression of of the young players who who you work with so yeah we're re- really fortunate here with with the structures and and the model in place uh, and also the the pathway that's you know that's here for for young players like like young Sean Sean Rowan, so seventeen year old who's played, you know, played the first ten games in, in League One, did done really, really well. Um mm. and I suppose that it's all good having the structure in place, but showing the, you know, bearing the fruits of that labour and, and seeing exactly. the you know, the the, the pathway in, in action is, is something that the Academy staff and the young players get get excited about. So Yeah, because I'm gonna ask you a little bit about um sort of Lincoln. I know obviously some bits you, you might be able to answer some some bits maybe not so much but um because obviously lincoln just for any of the listeners that, that aren't sure um where lincoln is because it's not one of the major cities um from, from what from what i can tell um it's sort of south of sheffield north of suffolk kind of in that kind of region yeah um it's, a, it's a bit of an isolated yeah no yeah. it's a bit of an isolated um isolated place we um we always have a, a bit of a laugh in the office that it's a, it's an hour and a half from anywhere whenever we want to play a, <laughs> play a game so yeah look I'm I'm from North London so my thing is go through Nottingham and keep going and you'll hit Lincoln eventually because so. <laughs> um, because I wanted to ask you because I was trying to figure out who you're in competition with you know obviously in terms of like catchment errors and, and things like that is it are you just kind of a uh, Lincoln just kind of in a place on their own where actually any sort of local players they'll they'll, they'll want to go to Lincoln or uh, again this is probably just my lack of knowledge about 
sort of how that works. Who 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 do you tend to be thinking? I hope they don't poach our, our player. I hope we can get in there first. Yeah, it's um, it's a, a, f- a fair question. So yeah, ge- geographically, Kieran, we are quite quite isolated. Um, mm. But but that doesn't mean to say that um, that there aren't other football clubs who are kind of active in in our area. So I suppose mm. um, mentioned go go through Nottingham and, and keep going, and you'll get to Lincoln. So um, the the Nottingham clubs, Nottingham Forest, you know, in particular, are, are mm. forty five minutes, fifty minutes from from us. And then as you as you quite rightly mentioned, Sheffield to to the west. So the the two the two Sheffield clubs as well mm. as the clubs northeast of us and out towards the coast. So um Hull City would be if you keep going again mm-hmm. through Lincoln you'll you'll get to you'll get to Hull. Um and then the, the clubs out towards the the east. So Scunthorpe United, for example, would be on the mm. yeah, again a little bit further past. So yeah, we're we're isolated um in, in some aspects, but not so isolated that there aren't other other clubs who would um operate in in and around Lincolnshire and the local area. Yeah, yeah. And no, I can I can I can appreciate it, and I can, I can I can imagine it. It's it's quite tough. Do you get do because I think I've, I looked at the intake. I think it was either for the last year or, or this year's scholars, and it seems as if you you tried to get a mix of a few sort of um, uh, players maybe that have come from from other clubs and sort of local lads. What what's the um? Because again, I, I I can't confess and say I know like vast amounts about Lincoln, but what's the following like? Is it quite a? Is it like a football city? Is you know local boys or and girls? Do they they tend to support the club or are they are they glory hunters like me? You know from from London, but supporting Man United. Like what what what's it like um up there? Yeah, no. Um, look, there's a there's a fantastic support for the club locally in in Lincolnshire. So, um something that I noticed pretty quickly on on relocating to Lincoln. Um, the, f- mm. the first game, Kieran, that I went to was the the Carabao Cup game. We were at home to Everton. Um, oh, wow. So, yeah, under the lights, midweek game. Um, mm. H- Harry Anderson scores after really early on in the game. And then mm. the place just absolutely erupts. Like, it felt like mm. the ground was was shaking. So, it's an incredible, it's an incredible atmosphere um, yeah. at, at the LNER. Um, you know, well, in in normal times, obviously that that hasn't been the case. You know, mm-hmm. recently with with fans not being able to attend, um, and then the RAF connections that come with with the city. There's the, uh, the six the six one seven squadron who have their place in in the stand. Who you know, every time their a goal goes in or that you know the the team get a corner or or a set piece mm-hmm. in and around the box, mm-hmm. the sirens are going. So yeah, there's there's huge support locally for for the football club, um, yeah. and it's it's a, a big part of the of the local community. Yeah, I can, I, I can, I can imagine. Um, weirdly, kind of unrelated. I used to um, uh, support. The, they've got like the children's centres there, obviously, for the uh, the people that work at the RAF bases. I completely forgot that was there, but I can imagine that maybe makes it quite quite unique, actually, in in a way, because that's not. I guess that's not really the standard. Um, I want. I wanted to ask about the. I guess how your like sort of budgets and resources compare because as things stand, you've got obviously you've got some some teams in the league that are maybe at the same sort of stature um, as as you, and then obviously you've got some some big hitters in there that you know former Premier League clubs. Um, I'm thinking in particular that as things stand, sort of Sunderland, um, Hull, Charlton, you know Ipswich to to an extent. Um, you've got other you know other. Um, sides that really pride themselves on on their sort of youth um, development. So, like Crew, I'm thinking over the years, probably above most clubs, have have really you know really developed a, a lot of players in into the game. Um, 
in terms of again i know you might not be able to go into specifics but in terms of like sort of budgets and resources how, how does that compare to what, what you're up against and trying to you know get get youngsters into the first team yeah so i think from from an academy perspective can we only can only see um see that as a, a positive you know so mm. um, we have to work um in a in a manner that if there is a dearth of resource, and of course there's some big clubs, you know, there's some big football clubs as, as you quite rightly allude to um, in, mm. in League One, in League One now, the the academy becomes even more of a central part of of the club. Um, yeah. If if it's successful and you manage to get a a stream of, of young players who can get into into the first team and support the first team, then mm. you know it, it is a cost effective way, of course, of you know of progressing a, a football club forward so look without knowing the absolute nuance of budgets and and you know which clubs have what and spend what that would be far above my my pay grade of course yeah, yeah. Um, I think the, the the role here for us is to make sure that we support the first team's progression as well as we can um, by providing yeah. them with players who who can continue to to develop the the team um, and that's something yeah. that we we strive to do to do every day of course with the you know all, all the other stuff that goes with it. You mentioned earlier, Kieran, around success in in, in academies and how we define yeah. that, and that's something that we um, we continue to wrestle with every day, knowing that not all of the, our young players will go and play in our first team, and making yeah. sure that we're we're setting them up for you know for success in in life and the, the wider spheres of their yeah. careers and what they they'll end up going into. So um, yeah, look look, no, no doubt there there is there is a little bit of that of Lincoln maybe not being a, a stellar name or. Mm-hmm. Um, as some of the clubs in in League One, but absolutely the the academy and the youth development um, system at the club can play a, a significant part, no doubt, in in having a, a cost effective way of, of moving things forward. Yeah, no, I've, I mean, it, I mean that's, that sounds great, and I, I really like to hear it. And I might I might actually clip that and play that to my mum because um, for, throughout my whole life watching watching football, she just said it's just eleven, you know, twenty two men kicking a bit of plastic around the pitch, but obviously. It, you know, it's much bigger than that, and I am thinking about the um, that side of things. Where, like you said, it's not. It's the, I think the percentage of, of obviously players that will make it through, and and even even into the squad, and we're not even thinking like into sort of um, sort of, sort of the sort of top top sides, you know, in, in the in the Premier League and the Champions League is extremely low. So that that idea about setting them up for life and you know making sure they've got those those kind of life skills and they can do things, um, and and it sounds like just have a good experience. It, as well you know even if they're not going to make it just make sure that they're they're, they're enjoying that that time of their life you know while they're while they're there it it gets me thinking a little bit about the the pandemic and obviously sort of brexit and um not necessarily your views on that but just thinking about how that might affect things because obviously some people might say there might be even more constraints there might be sort of things taken away the rug pulled from under your feet and, and others I think the the way the conversations have, have gone that I've had, uh, actually, this is a great opportunity now for for to, to get the academy, you know, going or get get some of the um, the youth players into the squad because again, things are going to be a bit more restricted financially and also in terms of how you can recruit from abroad. I, I just wanted to get your thoughts on that for Lincoln, but in general, really for for the game in in, in England. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose the, to to start with the with the pandemic. Kieran, if, if that's okay, I suppose football yeah. clubs across the across the country have have been been hemorrhaging money, um, and it's been a difficult time, not just for football, but of course, you know, yeah. uh, across the board. And I suppose in some in some respects, the bigger picture is we're you know we're really lucky. We've had the fantastic work of 
you know, the NHS and their various colleagues who have uh, managed to keep the country afloat and um, and keep everything going. So in, in the grand scheme of things, we're, we're fortunate and thankful for, for the colleagues in them industries who have managed to get us to, mm. to, to this point. Um, uh, but I suppose as we start to, to come out the out the back of that, of course, for for, for staff working in academies and, and youth development, again, it's, yeah, well, we have to see it as an opportunity and, and to continue to work with optimism. I think it would be remiss of us to do otherwise um, mm. and understand that yeah, potentially there there is a, a greater window now of of opportunity for players to to get some chances in the first team if it's if it's right to 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 do so and we can get them to to a certain level as as budgets get get squeezed or mm-hmm. or tightened um, and that's you know that that's what we I think we we work towards that regardless but we also mm-hmm. appreciate that yeah potentially there there is some some movement now where if you're running a program and you have the structures that in place that we've spoken around that that transition mm. can um yeah there, there can be a, a couple of increased opportunities there um I, I suppose that the main thing with with brexit maybe we haven't quite seen the full the mm. full repercussions or, or the full force of of that yet um ju- just personally here you know we had some some strong relationships with clubs in the republic of ireland um uh, and that now is is difficult for for us. We can no longer, you know, have have boys come over to join us for for scholarships from the Republic of Ireland, which is um, yeah, that's something obviously we have no control over. Um, yeah, if, yeah. if we're fortunate that um, yeah, some of the the young Irish players that we've got at the football club joined just prior to to the Brexit mm-hmm. rules kick kicking in. Um, but again, you know that that now goes down to the work of of our coaches who work in the foundation phase and youth development phase, we've got some outstandingly skilled people and staff in, in them areas to make sure that, you know, we want local Lincolnshire boys to come through the academy here and, and yeah. play in the first team. So um, we need to get our coaching and our, our player development provision right from, you know, right from the, the very youngest age groups in the foundation phase right the way through mm-hmm. um, to, to achieve that goal and, and that objective. So I think we, we'll have to, um, it's always about seeing the opportunities rather than seeing, yeah. you know, what, um, what what you're going to lose, um, of which of course there's always going to be a little bit of both. But um, yeah, well, we have to make sure we we continue to work with with optimism to to do the best by the young people we work with. Yeah, yeah, I can I, I can certainly agree. And I think the the role anyway feels like it's conducive to that, and that the job is to try and you know find find a, find a talent you know an unearthed kind of talent and really work work your socks off with that so I, I can kind of see actually regardless of whatever the the financial constraints or resources it is still about trying to get the most out of a, out of a player even if they're maybe quite raw at the moment one one thing that popped up while you're talking is i was wondering if there's a concern that teams particularly teams that are a bit more local um to, to you so you mentioned like the sort of nottingham's um uh, the Sheffield clubs, uh, maybe a couple of teams self as well, whether they might start to have a bit more of a focus on maybe their youth development and whether that will create a little bit more competition, let's say, or make it make it more difficult. Or, I don't know, maybe it make the, the youth leagues more competitive. What, uh, uh, any thoughts on that? This It's probably quite an early stage, but any thoughts about how that could affect it in that, in that sense? Yeah, I think we're we're always really respectful of, of them clubs. You know, clubs like Nottingham Forest and Sheffield United, who have got mm. you know again outstanding records of producing young players mm. and and some some highly skilled people in in posts. So we um mm. we 
we're very um you know we're wary of uh, and know that at the football club and that's you know that is part of part of the game i think all we can do is is control our program internally and we have to continue yeah. to develop our our academy our coaching program our games program so that so that young players want to keep joining lincoln city mm. um uh, and that's you know we if we control them controllables then hopefully our, our program will continue to grow and to continue to develop as it has in the in the past couple of years um to to a place where yeah, young players, young talented boys want to want to join the football club, and then we can have a mm. we can be a place and an environment where they can they can succeed both on and off the pitch. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate you answering that. Um, wanted to ask. I don't know how much contact you tend to have with parents because I know that's that's one thing that's quite obviously. I think from the time when I was kind of growing up and kind of in and around like trials and, and things like that. Um, I, I didn't have much help from my parents, but I know other kids that you, you can get parents that are very kind of like they need this and they need to play in this position and etc. And um, you know, for 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 a lot of us that maybe about to start families and you know, a project in Bappe is 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 obviously going to be something that that's going to be on the minds of a lot of people. But um, I wondered if if you do have much contact with with, with parents, and if so, like what what's that like, or or maybe just generally speaking, what what the, the club relationship with parents are and 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 kind of things that uh you know help to make sure that that the child is is obviously safe but but also for that you know maybe the parents don't don't get involved too much um i, I don't know what sort of thoughts you've got on that or what, what experiences you've had around that yeah um quite, quite strong thoughts actually kieran i mm. think the um that parents play such a pivotal role in the development of of each young person who we work yeah. with they're their their most central contact that um, we have to have outstanding relationships with with parents because if you do that and there's clarity and buy-in from the club, from the player, from the parent, that that triangle then that, that comes together goes to to improving the player. So um, mm. if there's a disconnect there between the club and parents, that that's generally not not beneficial for for the player. So yeah. ha- having them relationships where we're we're in open dialogue with with parents, there's you know the the ability to challenge and be challenged and try and not educate them that's the wrong word because we have a lot of parents who will know you know a significant amount about about football about teaching yeah. about learning um but just try and bring them into to our way of thinking and and help them um potentially understand why we work the way we work or why their their child's development plan is is being constructed in a certain way mm. at a particular point in in their journey so um yeah look when you've got 110 odd players, you can't have that real close relationship with with every single parent. But you, of course, empower the staff to to, to do that for for the boys that they work with in their various age groups and various phases. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I just think look, the, the stronger relationship you can have there with with the parents, the, the better for 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 the young person. And ultimately, everyone wants the same thing, right? The club and the parents all just yeah, want the, yeah, to have yeah. the best development for for their child. So um, that there's a mutual a mutual interest that. Yeah, if we can have excellent, excellent lines of communication, um, it can only be a benefit. Yeah, yeah, and no, I and I think um, this has got me thinking about just that the utility, like you, you know, you utilizing the parents, the parents make, making sure they utilize what, what the clubs can do. Same with the, the obviously the players at the heart of that, um, you know, utilizing the the facilities and also the. I'm, I'm assuming a lot of values can come into it as well, and just making sure that's all that's all aligned. Um, but I know uh, from past experience, um, 
I'm going to go into it today, but that that can be a real a real challenge. I can imagine um, as well. Just even talking to people that are still coaching at the moment, it it it, it can be really difficult. And I know again, I need to go into it, but I know sometimes that contracts, for example, are made up to make sure that everybody is in line and and knows their role um, as well. Is there, I don't know if there's anything you wanted to to kind of add around the, the sort of yeah yeah. I, I think it comes back to. To, to your interpersonal qualities, Kieran. If if you operate mm. with honesty and integrity, then you know that that will transcend across across your environment. Um, mm. If you don't, then and you break that trust with parents and players, then it becomes really really difficult. So, mm. um, you know, operating with them to them two values are, are just so so important when you're you know you're trying to develop not just young people but 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 anyone. Um, mm. And then I suppose on on the first point again to flip back into your sphere of um, of expertise, the the biggest developments within academies over the last couple of years, you know, we're we're now seeing full, more full time roles for player care, for for mm-hmm. mental and emotional well being, mm-hmm. which of of course is a, a positive development and an area that we, we have to continue looking to to get better at all the time, um, mm-hmm. knowing that, you know, that there, there can be challenges for young players in these environments, uh, mm-hmm. and you know we, we have a an environment where the the challenge is high, but the support has to be equally high. Um, mm. When when things don't don't go well, or you know, there's a that something happens that that has an adverse effect on on that young person. So look, there, there's some fantastic developments there with with them roles. And again, to go back yeah. to that relationship of player and, and parent, if them relationships are solid, I think you give yourself a chance to do some good work. Where if if you haven't earned that right as a coach or as a, a developer, then that that can be difficult to to really impart um, so, some some knowledge or have impact or influence that young person. So, yes, yeah, so, so important. Oof, really powerful. But, yeah, I can. I, I think that just it just comes through, like, just the, the attention to detail that obviously you, you and, um, you know, loads of other coaches and, and, and non-playing staff really put into that. And it must be nice, obviously, when that when that comes into to fruition. And this kind of leads on to my next question where I wanted to ask you, um, from some of the players that you've kind of worked with in, in the past that have maybe started to forge out careers, maybe they're, they're obviously maybe regulars in their, in their team, maybe in the championship or um, League One or, or the Premiership. Who, 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 what, what are maybe some of the examples of players that you've seen him you thought, he's going to be a player and you're almost kind of seeing, seeing him now sort of, you know, bearing, like you say, the fruits of that, of that labour? Yes, um... It's a really good question, a wide ranging. So we'd probably need some time. Kieran. I think the, um, to to fit to finish on the latter point around thinking he's going to be a player. I think look, that's so that's so difficult um, for mm. at, at any age group. And, and talent ID is is of course a, a minefield, and and there's people far more experienced and and, and better than 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 I in that because ultimately mm. the you know the psychological characteristics of elite performance are, are so strong in, yeah, in determining yeah. you know where where people end up and, and they develop at different times physicality develops at different times so it's um yeah it, it's a real minefield to to be able to get that right maybe you need a little bit of a bit of luck along the way with, with an opportunity and how important that is so um yeah it's it's really really complex and and difficult to exactly. to, to sum up um but I, look, I, i've been really fortunate personally to be to be part of a team and, and only you know play play a really small part myself in in some players who, who have gone through a you know the, the academy journey now and, and are playing at a really high level and um, I suppose the 
the key benefit that upon reflection now, having having left the football club of staying at Luton for, for 10 years, was that I managed to mm. see a whole cycle from under eight to under 18s and, yeah. and see um, that, that whole journey, which has um, started to, again, generate some learning and some, some thoughts um, mm. in myself. So I, I know we mentioned young James, who unfortunately has picked up an injury at Leicester City, James mm. Justin, who was who was at Luton pretty much the, the whole way through that yeah. that journey. Um, Young Max Ahrens, who's now at Norwich City, he, he was um, he was part of that journey. It's great to see Max doing doing so well, um, yeah. not just at Norwich in in the Championship this year, in the Premier League last year, and and with the yeah. the Young England group. So that's um, that that's really really pleasing. Um, uh, as well as young young Jamal, who's moved from now from Norwich yeah. to to, New, to Newcastle and and is is playing in in the Premier League this this year. So it was great learning for me to to be around some of the coaches and the support staff who were working with them players as, as they came through yeah. and, and to be able to to observe their their journeys um as well as some of the boys playing in the yeah playing in in, in the championship league one league league two as a consequence yeah. of the outstanding development structure that, that Luton had in place so it was it was a real privilege just to be able to see see them and be a small part of of their of their journeys um and and look ho- hopefully on on reflection if um, any of the the young people that we've mentioned there were to to flip and sit in my shoes. You'd like to think that maybe you you know you help them a small part along along yeah, the way. Um, yeah. But of course, it's great it's great to see them. Great to see them now. Yeah, I can imagine this. It's like you said, it's about being being a part of that that team. Even even if you you know you put in a one percent or or ninety percent, you know uh, you know with them, I think actually it's still. It, it's still massive and it, it's that it's that that structure that, that obviously you've alluded to um and, and mentioned quite a few times i'm gonna um finish off by asking a few questions about you uh now so i do, I do this with, with most of the most of the guests that come on um you touched on this before and i, I mentioned I'd, I'd come back to it but i wanted to ask who, who you've learned most from and, and maybe who's inspired you the most kind of throughout your career it could be people that you've worked with it could be just people that you've read about who would you say some of the Probably can't list them, list them all, but what would you say the ones that sort of off the top of your head sort of pop out? Yeah. Um, so the the first person, Kieran, I'd mention here is a, a gentleman called Greg Broughton. Um, mm. So Greg was academy manager academy manager when I first joined Luton. Um, mm. he, he's now working at, at Bodo Glimt um, in, in, a, Norway, in a similar right? role as yeah in, in Norway yeah, as yeah. as academy director, technical director, um, mm. and Greg just gave us a real insight into what my opinion of really good leadership looks like um mm. he he empowered people to to do their roles and and supported and developed all of the staff as well as the players so um look, looking back now to yeah 11 12 years ago when when I first first joined at Luton to go into an environment with mm. uh, an academy manager and and a leader in that organization who really worked hard to help me grow and me develop Mm-hmm. Is is something that I'll be for, forever grateful for. So, um, Greg undoubtedly had a a really important part on on the development of of my my career coaching, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and and the wider development of of my skill sets. So, uh, yeah, a really important individual, um, no, no doubt in in my development. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, that's I suppose secondly in in that guys, I'm I'm really fortunate now to um, at Lincoln to work with. With Jez George as director yeah, of football, yeah. who uh, is absolutely in that same in that same place. I've never worked with a, an individual who's so driven to to do well and succeed, mm. um, or 
but but not personally driven for others to succeed and that's you know that that's really really powerful so to be part of yeah of a, a football club now with someone at the the very top who who has them them values the the dynamism the dexterity to to work the way he does is is really really um yeah mm. it's been awe inspiring and, and and fantastic for me to see what yeah a drive to be really really good looks like yeah, um, yeah it's yeah. been it's been great yeah, it sounds sounds obviously you've been 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 very inspired and obviously that that sounds like that will that will continue um as well what um you mentioned you played before what what position did you play i played right back um uh, so uh yeah i uh i played right back couldn't run um so i played <laughs> as part of a flat back four spun things down the channel and shouted at other people to do my running for me um but yeah that was um I suppose the it wasn't like the modern fullbacks now, Kieran, where you know you see young Trent, Trent you know, and, get, yeah, getting in the yeah. box. That definitely wasn't me. I got to the halfway line and got a nosebleed and stopped. So, um, yeah, that was the that, that, that was, was me. That was you. And um, who, who did you support growing up? Yeah, so um, my um, bit bit of a tough one, really. Not 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 mm. one club, um, but being a, a North London a North London boy, we used to go and watch Arsenal. Um, when mm. when I was I was younger in terms of the the, the Premier League, so they were the uh, yeah. they were the team who we had a, the, the most affinity to, and and I remember going to to Highbury on on occasion when I was a when I was a young man and, and seeing some fantastic players there. Yeah, yeah. I never went to Highbury. It was one of my biggest. Um, I just didn't quite get there, but it's one of the stadiums I wish I would have been able to have gone to because um, that just the, the tightness, like being right on the pitch, the like the openness of it, and I f- I feel like particularly in the, um, obviously in the the 80s, Arsenal had some success and, and sort of early 90s and then the Wenger period as well. I, I could I could see why, especially when you're coming up against guys like Adams, Bold, Keown, Vieira, Petit, and all those guys that will, that will give you a hard time and then the fans that will sort of throw stuff and give you abuse. <laughs> and you're taking corners and throw-ins, I can, I can imagine. Um, who is your favourite player? I don't know if there's a, a right back you modelled yourself on, or there's just generally a, like one of your favourite players could be again could be a couple. Um, who did you enjoy watching growing up and even now? Yeah, so there was there was two Kieran when I was growing up who um, from them days of of going to to Highbury I really enjoyed. The first one you mentioned mm. earlier was Dennis Burkamp. Um, yeah. So a player with outstanding technique, vision, guile. Um, yeah. He was obviously a, a real integral part of of that Arsenal team in, in the early to mid nineties and, and their successes. Uh, and then mm. the, the second one was big soul Campbell when soul came across. Oh, from, controversial. From so um, yeah, soul Campbell, I, I love watching him play, you yeah. know, powerful, outstanding defender. Um, yeah. you, you know, and probably if, if soul was still in, in the game now with his, his skill set and, you know, not just his, his physique, but his ability to, mm. to play as, as a footballer would mm. still be playing at the top, top level. So, yeah, I, I love watching soul when, um, when he came across from, from Tottenham. Yeah, I can, oh, I'm going to upset a few of the, a few of the um, Spurs fans um, that, that are listening. But, um, but yeah, then Dennis Burkham, just, just quickly before we finish up, I think for me, one of my favourite non-United players, I just, I loved every bit about his career from obviously his early days at, um, when, he, when he pressed it at Ajax all, all the way to, to the end. And um, I don't know if, have you read his book? He's, he's done the Stillness and Speed, I think it's a biography. I have, I have indeed, yeah, good book. Yeah, good read. Um, um, unbelievable. Ch- changed my 
loved him even more after that, even even as a United fan. Um, Jordan, thank you so much for for joining us and giving us so much insight, and obviously to the roles that you've done, but particularly sort of Lincoln um, as well, because we, you know we don't cover so so many of the, the teams outside the Prem. So it's really good to kind of hear and and, and kind of listen. And I'm going to be keeping a, a cheeky eye on them uh, throughout the season. So I'm wishing obviously the the whole team, uh, you know, all from uh, first team all the way down. Obviously, best of luck. And um, yeah, obviously, you know, we're delighted to have you on and, and, and sort of hear about your, your journey as well. So thank you, Jordan. No, absolutely. My, my pleasure, Kieran. Thank you for having me on today and uh, all the best, Jess. Stay in touch. Yeah, thank you very much. Well, thanks everyone for listening. And again, you can follow us on the on the usual platforms, so Twitter um, and Instagram and also YouTube. So thank you very much. Take care.